welcome to episode 90 of Ribbon of Memes, a podcast where we discuss films previously described by other potential humans as masterpieces. I am Nick, the new, uh, newly minted um, replicant on the block, and I am joined as ever by Roger, the grizzled old returning character from an age-old franchise. Yeah, not in any way an absentee father. <laughs> no, no, he had to do it. Um, <laughs> let's discuss Blade Runner 2049. Uh, this is a slight it, exception to my usual policy of, of talk, talking about all the good films in the series at once. I think we, we considered talking about original Blade Runner, but everybody has talked about original Blade Runner. We didn't, yeah. Well, I think it's relevant to know my feelings uh, on Blade Runner. Um, yeah, it, what, what I'm getting at is it's, it's our own yes. reactions to it that, that matter for talking about the later film, not the first Rather film Rather than itself. discussing Blade Runner, it, it has had a lot of ink um, and um, audio files spilled upon it already. My feeling of the original Blade Runner, um, which I think is relevant for 2049, is I love it. It's an absolute stone-cold classic. However, it is very much style over substance it hints at a lot of substance under the surface it never touches on them and leaves you to kind of work that out for yourself i don't think in a particularly smart way uh i think the style is incredible i there mm. have been very few films with a style as good as blade runner and of course very widely imitated I'm very wild. Yeah. So I, I think it's one of the most visually stunning films ever. It is elevated beyond many other films by um, Rutger Hauer's performance as Roy Batty. Hmm. And what I adore in a way about the original Blade Runner, among a lot of other things, is that all the humans um, are miserable, crap, flat, dead characters. Um and the replicants have just a joy to be alive. They just want every moment of it. They they just love it, um, which mm. is why Roy saves Deckard's life at the end of the film in that amazing scene with that amazing dialogue. Um, uh, and and that it, that just elevates the film above everything else. That so we've got this dark, grim, visually stunning world, and these humans that have kind of given up hope, and these these imitation humans that are just relish every second of their life. Mm. And I, I think that's great about Blade Runner. I don't know if I've got more to say about Blade Runner, but I think that's relevant to what we're going to say about 2014. Well, the, the, the thing that I, I would like to carry forward from the original, and I, I largely agree with you on that, um, is that it has been a very popular film for geeks to obsess about. Yes. Um, particularly yes. because of the way it was cut at the original ending with, with a, with a aerial shot borrowed from The Shining. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, the, the whole thing about is Deckard a replicant or not? Of which apparently, um, I think Ridley Scott said, yes, of course he is. And everybody else said, no, no, it's, it's supposed no, to be ambiguous. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think um, most geeks would say if he's a replicant, then why does he get the shit kicked out of him every time he meets a replicant? Um, but, <laughs> but my, my feeling at least was that, Th that's that kind of obsessive thinking about discussion of the original. It definitely feeds into some of the things that are going on here. Maybe I, I do think that's to to obsess over that, which is quite 
normal, and I've certainly been... It's to miss the point of the original Blade Runner anyway. It doesn't really matter, because <laughs> the other thing I feel about Blade Runner is Deckard, uh, despite being played by Harrison Ford, who is, you know, this great larger-than-life character, is actually pretty boring character he doesn't have much to do mm. he's not you don't particularly like him and there's not much to like about him um he's just a sad noir man really um but he doesn't have any of the despite it being harrison ford he doesn't really have any of the charm or spark of humphrey bogart for instance yeah so i mean the the the, the whole all right cyberpunk is noir really anyway and that this is one of the films that makes it so yes um, yeah but it, 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 it's sometimes very obvious and sometimes a bit less so. Yeah. Yeah. Lots, lots of people like to tell stories of heroism and cyberpunk setting and, all right, we, we've, we've, we've had an entire flaming episode on noir. We don't need to revisit <laughs> yeah, we did. that. No. I, I don't think it quite hits the noir notes. No, uh, but, not, but, well, but there are a lot of them there even so. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very noir adjacent to use a very, uh, modern term, but it's, uh, yeah, it's not quite, but uh, I, I think 2014. So moving on then, if that's our thoughts on Blade Runner, mm. and uh, through that prism, we are looking at the sequel, the, the long awaited sequel, uh, 2017, Denis Villeneuve. Again, we already discussed Arrival. Lots of people liked it. We didn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> But um, we did comment both of us that visually it was uh, it was very strong, um, and so he does seem like a good choice for Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Um, I mean, this is the the uh, the classic. Do we need a sequel here? What is the point of a sequel? Uh, and I suppose that's the question. Right? Does Blade Runner twenty forty nine justify itself? Um, Without the existence of Blade Runner, do we need a Blade Runner 2049 other than to make money? Um, which I think it did. It did quite well. Mm. well. One question, of course, is why did it take so long? And the answer is um, disputes over the rights of the novel. Okay. I mean, I will say if Blade Runner version. was such a perfect film, why did they keep fiddling with it? I mean, it, it, well, it did... I, I don't want to denigrate Blade Runner. I genuinely, it's one of my favourite films of all time. Um, but it's, I, it has problems. Um, and I'm going into Blade Runner 2049 with that in mind. So this is, um, uh, this is set, uh, 30 years after the original, was it 2019 Blade Runner was set? Something like that. Something like that. Uh, <clears throat> and we are in this, um, it's made more explicit that there's been a full, um, if, if it wasn't clear from the original film, there has been a full blown environmental collapse and pretty much everyone who has any money at all has either already got off the planet, uh, is in, um, is in the process of getting off the planet or is, so, or is one of the few people who's gathering enough resource, one of the few remaining resources around them to be comfortable on, on earth. But hmm. most people are, are just shitty people living shitty and <laughs> dead end lives. Uh, and into this mix, we're introduced to Kay, a Blade Runner. Um, and here who, who is it, explicitly upfront a replicant. It, 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 there's maybe some question in the very first scene, but that's cleared up almost immediately. Um, that yes, Kay is a replicant, um, and everyone knows he's a replicant, um, and they all treat him like a, a replicant. Um, and this, uh, uh, I, I think it's a, a useful twist on the. It, there's no, is there isn't he with Kay? He just is a replicant, though. Some more. Uh, 
some more of that comes into it later. So he uh, is introduced retire. His job as a Blade Runner is to retire the older models who should have reached their incept dates long time ago, um, and uh, and didn't. Um, and so we learn quite quick. So there's an opening scene with um, uh, a surprisingly uh, uh, nuanced um, Dave uh, Bat- Bat- I don't know how you say Batista, um, who is there. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's he, he, the he has often struck me as the guy you employ when you can't afford the rock, but that that is not fair. Exactly. He has actually done some quite quite interesting acting roles. Yeah, and he, he's actually he's really good here as well. He, he lends a lot of um, uh, gravitas to a to a short um, to a short scene, but gravitas perhaps wrong. But he, he gives a lot of nuance and, and interest to it. Hmm. Almost immediately when this film starts, um, I think I felt I could trust it visually. Um, it, you know, it, it straight away. I no, I, I mean quite rightly because it's much later on, um, but it matches the. I mean, it matches the original visuals pretty perfectly, and it expands on it to me in quite interesting ways. In that, you know, we start off in this farm that's, you know, visually striking, and then we have uh, yeah, in- interesting side note. And this may be Roger's really obscure corner, but uh, Selina, which is the the uh, name on on the enclosures, yeah. is a name from the basically the the Soviets. Um, Reclamation and resettlement campaigns of the fifties and sixties. Okay, uh, okay. It, it, it's basically there's a sense of you know virgin lands, fertile soil, nobody living there. Yeah, that, well, that's, that, the, that's the. Uh, here is a thing that's in about two shots, and it's in untranslated Cyrillic. But they've gone to the trouble to get to make it a plausible name, and I like that. I I think visually, uh, and they've done their yeah. I I feel like straight away you can trust it visually. It. it uh, exactly that. I didn't know that, but I'm not surprised because they've clearly done every one of the locations has clearly been uh, storyboarded to death and designed to death, and they've thought Especially about it and how it happened. <laughs> and, and they have just really, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, they've really spent a lot of time on the art and the concept and how these places might actually work. Um, they're much more interested in the visuals frankly hmm. but they they it, i it doesn't surprise me at all to to hear that they spent a bit of time on the research as well um so it, it it's stunning and that's matched through the whole film we visit a lot of locations you could argue as i will way too many locations hmm. in blade runner 2049 but they're all visually unique um from the lighting from the style from the aggressive colour grading, I mean, we talked about this in Arrival as well, but it's one of those things that once you notice it's a thing that's happening, it becomes a yeah. very obvious thing that's happening and, and actively we distracting. We do. When uh, when they get to, um, I don't think it's stated as Las Vegas, but it is Las Vegas, then yeah. it's, it's, all, it's all very heavily coloured into there. I did find there, we have, um, is it Wallace? The, the villain in this one, sort of villain. Yeah. Uh, the kind of the watery motif got on my tits a bit after a while. <laughs> um, I'm ju- just thinking about you know, office decoration in general. Um, a a con- constantly changing light all around you is not conducive to getting any work done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would find it really irritating. Um, uh, the in where in what 
this starts one of the problems with one of my problems with the film though and i i don't think they're wrong to do it they're in many ways aping the original film but goodness me it spends a lot of time dwelling on these gorgeous shots and showing you how gorgeous they are and just taking your time people sitting no no it's, it's not as long as titanic <laughs> no no it's um it's i mean it is 45 or so minutes longer than the original film mm. um and the original film does this too uh, there's a lot of just Deckard standing about in the, I was going to say as technology corridor, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was going to say Wayland Utani, oh dear me. Um, <laughs> he's in the, um, Tyrell Corporation. Um, there's a lot of dwelling on the visuals, which is quite right because they're amazing, but, uh, I didn't need it for quite so long as we get in 2049. It, it could have. Yeah, and, um, who did they end up with as composer? I mean, basically, Hans Zimmer and Benjamin Valfish uh, both, uh, right. both worked on it. And, I mean, there there are bits that work, but Vangelis' score for the original film is really very distinctive. And, you know, yeah. you can go zing as much as you like, but you, unless you actually do something original as well, you just sound as if you're ripping off Vangelis to me. Uh, I, I, they were in a difficult position. I think, I, I agree. I think visually they matched it and surpassed it. Uh, audio wise, it's much hard, it's hard to just do better than a composer who did al- already very well. But what are they going to do? Go in a completely different direction? That well, would have been yes, very hard as well. Frankly. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's what you would have done. But um, then. Uh, I think Vangelis is still alive at this point. But presumably it wasn't wasn't up to working on it. Uh, he died last year, possibly. Yeah. It wasn't very long ago. Um, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what they could have done. But given that they're trying to kind of match the visuals, to then have a different soundtrack would it, I think would have been a bit jarring. But I I absolutely yeah, I'm not arguing with you. I I think it it is sub Vangelis um, soundtrack. It's, it's um, not not the only film that has made this mistake. So. I've dwelled on the visuals a bit because they, I think they work. it deserves um, to. Grey Misty City didn't quite, for me, have have the emotional impact of Dark Neon City, but you know, that, that's a relatively the, the minor thing. The of Dark Neon City. Um, they also explain the kind of relative lack of technological progress in thirty years um, because well, of this. Collapse, yeah. There's been a collapse, uh, and then they've recovered to basically the point where they were in uh, 2019. Um, I don't think that is in any way related to the events of the original film. I can't see why it would be. Maybe it was, but I don't think. No, I think I think it's just gen- further ecological catastrophe rather than general bad things. Um, so let's talk about uh, Ryan Gosling a bit. I don't think we've uh, interf- uh, interfered with. I don't think we've encountered Ryan Gosling before in Ribbon of Memes. At I don't think so. Um, yeah, he, he is a very pro- very popular actor who just doesn't quite grab me as, as I think he should. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as, as it's intended that he should. I, he, he just always has just a bit too much. Yeah. Look, I'm an actor here. Okay. Yeah. Fair me. enough. Like, it, it, it's a personal reaction rather than saying he he is bad at this. Um, I I don't know him really done, in very I've, many other things. I've barely seen him. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I watched the first. 30 minutes of La La Land, that was enough for me forever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think this is pretty much the the only film I've really kind of spent any time with him in. 
Mm. Uh, so it's hard for me to generalise from that. I will say Kay as a character is he's very like Deckard in that he is just not that he's very I mean, I get the feeling that he is deliberately playing him absolutely emotionless. Mm. Um and I don't know if that's because he's a replicant, but straight away to me that is like well, but the replicants loved life, but maybe he's a, an obedient replicant. Maybe that's the point of it. I don't know. Though um, e- even later, when he's supposed to be way off base and breaking down, he he acts in much the same way. So, I mean, I love those little, t- you know, much like the Void Come test, this kind of esoteric test that sounds half philosophy, half science. He has this test where he's got to reset to baseline, and it it's like I I love I think that's all great for me. That works so well, but the um. Uh, the character is a hard one to like in the same way that Deckard is a hard character to like. I just, uh, there's not much to him. He's not very emotional. I do warm to Kay through the film and I do, because, maybe because we spend so flipping long with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I do warm to him and I get to like him and then I have a problem uh, later on. Um, but uh, I think it's a very pinned down performance. I don't know if that is to throw the one moment where he has an emotion in sharp relief where he goes, God! Damn it! And bangs the table when he finds, uh, I forgot what he's found out that a memory, basically he's discovered he thinks that he is a real boy and not a replicant. Mm. And that seems to upset him. Um, uh, but, uh, that didn't quite work for me because I didn't quite get the full feeling of anger as to why he would suddenly react like that. I just didn't. If the whole purpose of his performance was to throw, was to throw that into sharp relief, it didn't really work for me. Um, and mm. as a as a character, he's a hard one to like because it's just very pinned down, very obedient. And I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, again, I may be disagreeing. I don't get from him the level of understanding of what's going under the surface that I do from, say, Francis McDormand when we were just talking about three billboards. Mm. So just watching her is fantastic, even when, you know, she's not saying anything. Here, he's just... And again, it's probably deliberate, but he's so pinned down, there's nothing to read, which uh, is, uh, may be an interesting take on the character, but as a... I'll tell you who it reminds me. It reminds me of Stanley Kubrick, and I don't particularly like Stanley Kubrick. It's it's that kind mm. of performance, mm. that kind of coldness. Um, and I also think that is a problem the original film had too. I felt exactly the same about Deckard. Um, I, they're hard characters to like um, in this stylish, incredible visual world. They're just beaten down, emotionless, sad people. And not all noir is about that. <laughs> I don't think noir characters are sometimes larger than life. Or Well, I think one of the reasons the noir private investigator works is that this is somebody who has, for reasons of his own, which we may or may not ever go into, decided yeah. to be to do the right thing in spite of all the pressures to do the opposite. And yeah, with I mean, I guess we're seeing Kay's transition from a effectively a cop, yeah. a, a very murdery sort of cop, uh, to somebody <laughs> who is trying to do the right thing. But yeah. I, I don't think we see enough of him to make that a convincing arc for me. Yeah, there's not enough there to 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 be an art. So, I mean, the closest interaction we have with um, 
with any kind of love interest is is uh, or with any kind of interest in anything at all <laughs> is with joy uh with anna de Mar- anna de armas um yeah which plays... is her uh, big breakout role and she's um i think she's really good she, again she doesn't have a uh, I, I, I do really like it, and I am touched by the the love story between them. I'm not, I'm not quite sure what it is about this iteration of joy that breaks the mold, or do all the joys become sort of self aware? I don't. It doesn't really. Uh, I, it feels. I'll tell you what it feels like. So we, sorry, I've, I've jumped the gun a bit there, but we have joy, this kind of artificial companion. Um, so we have this weird situation of this artificial human needing an artificial companion, which kind of touches on something interesting. Um, and then joy basically seemingly is self-aware or becomes self-aware very quickly through the film. Um, and then she's. Uh, so that's sort of an interesting story, but there's no real suggestion of why. And Kay's reaction to it all is always deadpan. Mm. <laughs> and so I, I, I do, I do get some emotion from him and I, I find the story moving. But uh, again, it feels like Blade Runner to me, which is, is probably a good thing. It feels like style over substance. It's kind of, Ooh, look at this interesting situation. I've not got anything to say about it. I'm just going to show it you. And you're gonna, I, I just, I, I feel like it's kind of, imagine if an artificial human needed an artificial compare. Alright, yeah, I, I just, uh, as a science fiction fan, I want to explore that more. I don't just want you to say, this is a situation that could happen. There, there is also, I mean, I, I think it was pretty clear by 2017 the way this sort of thing was going in the real world. I mean, I realise this isn't the real world, yeah. but the, the the way that this would work if you if you offered if you offered it as a service now is one great big central server. Yes, yeah, yeah. You, you wouldn't download a joy. Your preferences get saved for for the particular one that that you incorrectly believe is yours personally. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But there is no way you could have, you know, one of the actually uh, developing traits of its own because the central monitoring would say, no, no, reset. <laughs> yeah, it's free doing that. Yeah. We're offering um, you a free upgrade. The other slight problem I had with that love story, and I did, it did move me, I'm not, was that, you know, we have the moment where she's like, oh, can you download me onto this stick, please, so I can get killed later in the film? I just, <laughs> I just, okay, now I know exactly what's going to happen with this story, and I, I, I lost some interest with it then, because it was so clear what was I going mean, on. removing the backup from uh, the, the house system, fair enough. But, um, you know, you, you can make two copies of things. <laughs> maybe you did, maybe we don't know. Um, okay, but, so... And what, what this ends up being is, oh yeah, the woman got killed to motivate the hero. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. There, there are several female characters in this film. All yeah. sorts of women. Hookers and sexless bosses and murder bitches <laughs> and women in cages and wallpaper. You know? Wow. Yeah. Okay, Even in 2049, there are still hookers with a heart of gold. Oh, I don't know what the... Yeah, that was a strange... Um, I don't know what was quite... A, particularly as she was dressed very much like Pris uh, from the original film, and I don't know quite what they're doing with that. I did find Robin Wright's character more interesting. That's mm. Lieutenant Joshi. Um, so she is... I mean, she's a... It helps <sighs> that Robin Wright is really good at acting. Well, I was going to say, it's Robin Wright, who is another person who elevates anything in it. And so she kind of... 
it's interesting that she has a kind of ambiguous relationship with Kay and that you don't know whether uh, she's toying with the idea of just asking him to fuck her or ordering him to fuck her. You know, there's, there's just some kind of level of something there and Kay's completely deadpan about it all and probably would if she asked him. Well, he would because he has to. Um, but there's some kind of Sorry to be so blunt about it, but I feel like that's very much at the forefront of their scenes in some way, particularly the one mm. in his apartment. Um, but she's an interesting character that uh, um, that gets uh, um, uh, murdered pretty early on in a, in a fairly gratuitous and I don't know particularly necessary way. Wouldn't that lead to a lot of paperwork and trouble for the Wallace Corporation if they just what, what one feels so and. There is this. Uh, all right, so so we have love, another subtly named character, um, who, 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 who is <laughs> love the, and joy, who is the aforesaid murder bitch, um, yes, and and her her job during the first part of this is basically to clear up all the evidence of the thing. Yes. Did, did we say spoilers? Spoilers. There will be spoilers. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so so she is basically you know, seizing the evidence where she can, and uh, that then uh, going around murdering when when that's necessary. And there's only one of her. This is a corporation that can manufacture pre-programmed, whether you regard them as human or not is kind of one of the points, but it's actually yeah. pre-programmed people. Why, yeah. why don't they send 10? Why don't they send a hundred? You know, why, why are they using a missile later on when they could flood the place with 11 trillion replicant ninjas? <laughs> <laughs> now you're thinking like a, a, a supervillain. I like it. I hadn't occurred to me, but that's fair for. But because but, I mean, the, one, a, a climactic moment is when she is killed. Yeah. So why aren't they going to send another one? There is nothing to stop them sending another one. Well, I think she is supposed to be. So I talked. What I liked about Blade Runner is these replicants are so full of joy. Uh, uh, not not the joy in this film. Is it? A different joy. <laughs> um, and. I think she's supposed to be the one that loves it and enjoys it and is into it, but it doesn't, if she is, it doesn't work on the level of Rutger Hauer, I'm afraid. She just, uh, she just doesn't have, uh, if that's what it's meant to be. If not, then I I agree with you, but you know, Rutger Hauer's final performance would have been, (laughs) would have been a bit undermined by another 10 Rutger Hauer's turning up. Um, so maybe or, or, that also the, the, uh, the uh, tech wasn't really up to it in those days. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, uh, I, yeah, I agree. She's, uh, I don't, I, I really like this film for the first half. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. And it was really working for me. Um, not because I thought it was great, but because where I, I, I visually I thought it was great. Where it was, uh, where it was, Lacking were exactly the points where Blade Runner was lacking for me, and so mm. I thought, well, that's fair enough. The characters and the, um, and so I went with it, and visually it's great, but it has a very, uh, so yes, I agree, love is, um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say about love really, but she, she hasn't got the interest of, um, of Roy Batty, and she's just sort of a killing machine. She didn't really impact the film perhaps in the way that I was meant to think she did. She, she particularly, I mean, after the uh, first scene or two, she's pretty much a Terminator. Yeah, I think that's that's how you start to look at it. She starts the scene with another character, 
the other character's going to end up dead until it's Kay, in which case, you know, it's going to be her that ends up dead. And so, uh, you know, you lose a bit of interest there. But despite these fairly obvious sort of plot points, it has a very Byzantine way of getting there. I mean, it goes through... I I can't even... It's hard, It's a plot that's hard to follow, and I know that is a, a noir trope, um, but there's no reason for it to be so fiddly he bounces from place to place and finds one nugget of information and um, another nugget of information I, I i would slightly argue with the hard to follow um it's there's a lot of it there there are a lot of yeah, nodes think... in this network but there is never um i for, for listeners who, who may not be paying attention we're both role players and <laughs> yeah. in an investigative adventure you obviously what what come what is actually played is going to be scene A, scene B, scene C. Yes. But I feel that there always needs to be a choice. You know, you, you should be able to say, right, we, we've got this clue from C, these clues. Now we, now we look at one of these other things rather than, okay, here is obvious next scene to go to. Yes. Yeah. That's and fair yeah. so while there, while there are a lot of nodes in this, in this graph, there aren't a lot of branches. There, there's, oh no, absolutely it, no. It's generally, you know, this is, this is the one thing that I can now follow up. So I'm now going to follow it up. I suppose what I mean by hard to follow, the, the actual finicky little details that they're picking up on and move it are less, are sometimes less clear. I think it starts out quite clear what he's following on. Mm. And then it becomes a bit le- more nebulous, quite what he's doing, I thought. But I think that's probably a function of the fact that it, it, there are at least two or three nodes on that more than the need to be. Mm. And I started to feel like, we just want to show you this spectacular bit of scenery. And now we want to show you this spectacular bit of scenery and have Kay look sad and miserable in it. And, and it's visually it. gorgeous. I'm not going to it argue with that. It's absolutely gorgeous. In, even with the colour grading, it's lovely. Yes. But, well, for for example, I mean, it, it's clear that for for plot reasons, we have to have the orphanarium and all, yeah. all these kids picking through radioactive garbage and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it's not supposed to be very radioactive. I'm, I'm sure it's within, within uh, officially mandated. But <laughs> I'm anyway. sure they've done a full health and safety assessment. But if you have that much cheap child labour, why do you need replicants? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's illegal. <laughs> because, I mean, he's, he's... Well, but then if it's illegal, why has he got... All this book, I, it seems a strange, yeah, it's just not well sketched in, because it, they just want it to look the way it looks in a way, mm. I think. Um, which is, again, it's all very Blade Runner. Um, but that said, over, so for me, over the course of this investigation, I was, I was warming to Kay, and I did warm to Joy and the relationship between them, and I was interested in his story. Uh, I will, I will accept it's, it's kind of a, well, you know, Blade Runner wasn't really a film about is Deckard a replicant or isn't he? I, that was never the question of mm. the film. It was just a thing that geeks obsessed with afterwards. Sure. So I don't know that this film kind of questioning is K really human or something like human that doesn't feel like a rerun of the original themes of the film to me I mean, it, I mean it's raised as a possibility i don't think i mean it, it is unambiguously answered let us say yes yeah exactly so it's, it's you're not left in in 
in but I was interested in you know I did find you know him discovering actually this memory's mine it was drawing me along I was compelled by it hmm. I was wishing it was moving a bit faster and then Harrison Ford turns up and kind of hijacks the film I hmm. feel I mean he, he sidelines Kay in his own story so the he ends up going out to Las Vegas on some flimsy... This is where... It... So the reason he goes to Las Vegas, as far as I can tell, is because the wooden horse that he finds from the memory is covered in a particular type of tritium, which is only found in Las Vegas. That's the sole reason he goes there. He, ignore just... the word tritium, say, say it has a particular radioactive profile, and then you start to... Yeah, but it just seems like strange. It's not much of a lead to go off anyway. I, I think that's what I mean by that. It just felt like a tenuous link to the next uh, beautiful mm. scene. Um, so Las Vegas, I, and again, visually expect these huge kind of pornographic statues and this incredible holographic theatre with Elvis. Um, uh, but and the, the, the thing that inspired my introduction was I mean, yes, we meet Deckard, and, and at this point, Kay thinks he might well be if effectively Deckard's son. Yes, yeah. And the, the speech he gives about how, you know, no, no, I, I had to abandon them, I could never come and find them because it was too dangerous. I, I I just got that whole, and this is why I vanished and never saw your mother again, and, 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 took, <laughs> yes. and took up with that stripper, and, you know. <laughs> and I did it for you, kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's fair enough. I, I Give, think, given I mean, that all it does take for him to vanish in the end, is somebody who is already untrusted saying, oh, yeah, he died, there's no body. <laughs> exactly, yeah. He said, oh, we did have Edward James Olmos pop up earlier. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that is nice. I mean, I didn't really notice him in the original. I, I, I no. recognised him as an actor, from, mostly from Battlestar Galactica. But, exactly, uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he doesn't... Well, I think that's fine. He doesn't really resemble his original character in Blade Runner. He's just Edward James Olmos. Hey, uh, he's an old guy who knew the guy. His, and that's exactly the same with Deckard. Deckard, as presented here, is not he's not really the same character. Now he's 30 years older, but he, he, it's basically just Harrison Ford. It's not... Deckard was this kind of buttoned-down, sad... And a lot has happened to him, I understand it. But this Deckard has emotional... Emotions, for a start. <laughs> <laughs> and some sort of depth and uh, regret... And some characteristics, like he likes a drink, none of which were present in the original Decker, because Decker doesn't have any of that in the original <laughs> film. And consequently, I'm just thinking, this is Harrison Ford. I, I was never excited to see Decker again. He I doesn't really excited. come over as a guy who's been on his own for many years either. No, he's not a crazy, I, I, yeah, he's not like a Man Friday type. I, I am excited to see Indiana Jones again, for the record. Sadly, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm not excited to see Rick Deckard again, and it's just like Harrison Ford. Uh, I mean, it's interesting to see him, but I, I honestly don't think the film needs him. Uh, but it, as... it also slightly undermines the original in that the original there was at least the possibility of a happy ending. And, and yeah. now, like, like Alien 3, we're, we're saying, nope, didn't happen. No, it's all, yes, it's all gone to pot again. I, I mean, I, and you know, I was much more upset by Alien 3 because I was probably more invested in the characters and mm. aliens than I was in uh, Rick and Rachel. God, when you put it like that, that's... <laughs> 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 I never thought of it like Rick and Rachel. Uh, maybe it's better that they didn't work out. Um, 
But my main issue with Harrison Ford turning up is it just sidelines Kay in his own story. Mm. Just mm. just as I was getting to like Kay and interested in his story, he basically then is barely in it. He's in it to get killed by love. I mean, he rescues Deckard. Uh, well, no, he, I, I mean, he, he leads everyone to Deckard. Deckard gets captured. We have that scene with the original Rachel. Uh, that was a weird scene as well. I, I, that was disturbing and, and upsetting. I found that she's basically a disposable Rachel that upsets him for a few seconds. And then he's fine again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, that is a Rachel that's just been killed in front of him or behind him. I'm probably just as capable of being Rachel as the other Rachel. But also, at the same time, how, how badly is Wallace misreading him that he thinks, you know, he, he, here is a copy of your wife with with none of your memories together, but she will automatically fall in love with you. Yeah. I'm... <laughs> This is not not a thing. Well, I think I think one would necessarily want. <laughs> well, I think, yes, I think that's a, um, even if I weren't being asked to betray everything to. Well, let's it. sideline into Wallace. We have uh, Jared Leto here as as Wallace, um, the the kind of the the Tyrell of the, the very much the Tyrell. Uh, of, if if the Tyrell film. hadn't been killed, I'm sure they would have re- re- just recast him. Um, he doesn't. I'm going to be blunt. He doesn't work well for me. Jared Leto, I just, I don't, mm. I don't like him, I don't admire him, I don't particularly hate him, I just think he's a bit of a knob. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how, how did you feel about Wallace in this? I, it was very much, yeah, okay, so we, we've, we've got this slot that is Tyrell shaped. Yeah, yeah. We, we've got the guy who sees himself as a god. Uh, yeah. but, but we can't break the continuity and say that Ty, uh, Tyrell isn't dead, so we got, so we have to give a new guy. Yeah. Who's not very memorable. Doesn't really have much characterization of his own. The, the thing no, that really did. He'll spout t- a bit of Shakespeare or something, because that's what these guys do. <laughs> I mean, alright, perhaps I'm just being crude here, but it seems to me that if you are creating, um, let us say broadly biological, I, I, I think the replicants are basically meant to be biological. They're not cyborgs or anything, are they? They're, they're, they're engineers. They've yeah. got a lot of tweaks, but they are basically... But they're genetically engineered. Yeah, they are able. biological creatures and... Yeah. yeah. If you don't want them breeding, you know, there is this thing called a hysterectomy, which you would yeah. just casually do during manufacture, and no no miracle is going to get around that. Yeah, they're not like the frog creatures in Jurassic Park or whatever. <laughs> <You> just, <laughs> there are plenty of ways of making things infertile. Yeah. yeah. Before before you write in, yes, I do know about ectopic pregnancies. I also know what the uh, survival rate is like. Well, yeah. exactly. You're not gonna... <laughs> Maybe that's what happens. Uh, but, you know... If you're in full control of a creature's genetics, I mean, that is a chromosomal level that you can piss about with to stop people being... Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, at the same time that... The... Okay, I will admit I laughed out loud. Uh, there, There's this bit where... Uh, Kay is comparing genetic codes recovered from yes. various things. He's saying, the, these two are identical. It's a boy and a girl. Have you looked at chromosome 23? <laughs> I, was, I thought it was gonna, um, I thought it was gonna explain that, but no, it was just like, no, they're the same, but one's a boy and one's a girl. Okay. Yeah, I, I admit, yeah, well, fair enough. I'll give you that. And I, I mean, yes, all right, it, it, does, about it, it does turn out to be fake data, but it's, you would think that, that Kay would say, well, how can they be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something. But no, okay. 
that was another one of those tenuous links. That was on on the strength of that. Uh, anyway, um, I'll move on. Well, the, uh, there are there are things that definitely um, spoiled it for me. I, the the first time we had you know person A operating a um, camera for, for I think it was the the uh, X ray of the box. And person yes. B is giving instructions, you know, closer, closer, whatever. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah. That's a, that's a call back to the first film yeah. and, and that yeah, scene that fine, everybody yeah. likes to quote. And then yeah. they do it twice more. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need to do it twice more. Um, yeah, I felt like it was a call, but less, less good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That was. I feel like I'm getting more down on this film as I talk. <laughs> well, I, the th- the thing that I ended up feeling I'll tell was you why it's because it's, the, it's the, not in front of me, visually stunning me, and I'm yeah. talking about the substance, and there isn't as much. And th- there was a film I can't remember now which one it was that that we talked about uh, not too long ago. With, with you know, every, every time there was a, there was a big revelation, there was a flashback to explain why this was significant, and maybe maybe it was. Um, We're getting old. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but I was, I was definitely getting that here as well. You know, I I've just seen a thing. I will have a flashback to this other thing and put those together, or I have the new information. That uh, presumably I, in case I, you'd forgotten it since two hours ago. <laughs> I forgave it a bit more in the sense that I don't know why, but that memories <laughs> are a bit that are implanted. So I don't know, memories are actual thing in this universe, and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, well, they, I think they never we did have to get them out of people, which apparently you can do. No, well, yeah. Mm. Uh, I... Well, I guess maybe she created. I don't know. That ah, uh, but using real memories is illegal. Oh yeah, but um, she the... would. She did it anyway. Go, oh, go, going know. back to that scene with with the fake Rachel. I mean, yeah. Okay, so so you can you can bocap nineteen eighty two Sean Young on onto yeah. a different actress and then train her to move like Sean Young. Which is what they did, um, but it, it, like, like Birdman, it, it's a technically impressive achievement. But what yeah. does it what does it do for the plot? It does nothing. No, well, it actually detracted from the plot to me because I felt like Decker didn't react. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't really know who Decker is. So when we get scenes with him, I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's happened to this guy. He's not like the guy I knew, and I don't. Uh... The the thing that really felt like fan wank for me was um, that in in that scene that the, the uh, wall is carefully hinting that things that might be taken to imply that he knows Deckard as a replicant, but aren't quite conclusive. Oh yeah, absolutely. That pissed me off. I will agree that he was like, yeah, he was kind of like, oh, maybe you were designed, or maybe you weren't. So we're going to have it both ways and not definitively answer that it, question. It seems to me right. that the point of this is not. That he is or that he isn't, but that you don't know. Yeah, yeah. So trying to answer it is, yeah. Um, but my. And he, he kind of goes, I know what's real. I don't know. <laughs> uh, the second half of the film really did not work for me. I, I think in the end, what I, what I come down to is the, the first film had a big point to make, which is you, you, you've got these creatures which are capable of thinking of themselves as human. Yes. And who is to say that they are any less valid in their thoughts of that than you, the human, are? See, right. I think even that is putting more... I, I agree with you, but, but I think even that is putting more substance onto the original Blade Runner yeah, than there was. But in, yeah, but insofar as it has a big point to make, I think that is yes, a big point yes, that it has okay. to make. Yeah, all right. Fair and enough. this one has the same point to make. 
It, it, this is where okay. I got, got yes. to feeling that, you know, it feels as if, you know, so, somebody found an obsessed fanboy and gave them lots of money and said, make a remake. And then somebody else came along and said, but also make it a sequel. Yeah, I, uh, uh, yeah, I think when you put it like that, that's fair enough. I, uh, yeah, I, I, but in neither case, in neither film, is it particularly interested in exploring these questions? Or, so to me, as a science fiction fan, I then want to, because otherwise you're just saying, we've made up this society and we've made these things that are in it, and look, bad things happen to them and they're, and they're unhappy, mm. but maybe they are human. But you're not really okay. But you're not exploring that idea. You're just showing me it, and it's all. Then I just start to think, but it's all made up anyway. So I don't know why I would care. And okay, um, what if they are human? What next? Exactly. I want to. I think where it, that, that bit's not a hard sell, you know. Yeah, that bit I'm I'm fascinated by, but you never explore it. And the whole point of doing that for science fiction is, well, then. What does that mean for our world, you know, in developing intelligence? But we never do. It just kind of shows this. And Blade Runner did it. It did it incredibly well. And I, I think I'm coming round to agree with you. Blade Runner 2049 does it longer, more stylishly, if that's possible, <laughs> but longer. And But I, I think less forgivably for me, it, it subverts the plot that I'd actually started to become interested in by this, as you put it, this fan wank of Deckard turning up. And his his story's already told, and then we have to sort of create another story for him to. Get. Mm. I did like I did like the um, you're kind of breadcrumbed into thinking that Kay is human, and then he finds out pretty bluntly and brutally. Oh, he thought it was you. Yeah, no, it's not you. And I I like that. I thought that was really. And nice. also, yeah, we'd all like to think it's us, but yeah, yeah. I, and I thought that was a nice. That was a much better way of addressing the was he wasn't he Blade Runner original question than the crappy Wallace scene before. I think that was a much nicer way of mm. uh, of doing it in a different way of being like, no, it isn't. But it'd be nice if it was, wouldn't it? Um, uh, and then it, and then Kay just kind of dies off. Love comes and kills him. Deckard does nothing, nothing for the rest of the plot. He try, he drowns. I mean, much like again, in keeping with the original Blade Runner, <laughs> he is, <laughs> he is sidelined in his own film, Deckard. But Deckard's, um, this isn't Deckard's film, and he comes and pushes it away from Kay, um, and it, for no reason, and Kay sacrifices himself for him. Well, for this, I don't know, chosen one kid, but it's it's not at all clear what's going to happen. We don't know what sort of situation this kid is in. Is she actually immunosuppressed, or is that just a cover um, to keep her behind? But is she a prisoner of a corporation? Is Decker going to get immediately arrested now? I I, Wallace is just, still out there. That's the thing. That, that's the yeah, key difference I, for me. That he, and can, he, he still has, you know, all the money and all the replicants, and he can do something else. Yeah, he can make another love or twenty loves or whatever, as you say. Or, or even if he can't do that, you know, a whole bunch of disposable soldiers. Yeah, and it, but it, again, it ends exactly with the thing that I'm slightly objecting to. It's like, oh look, here is this situation. Look at it, isn't it interesting? Without you know, here is this man who's now met his long lost daughter, who he conveniently had to <laughs> disappear mm. from for twenty. Um, but I've no emotional connection to Deckard. I was interested in Kay at this point, and he's freezing to death. Well, he's already dead. Um, 
uh, also the disposal of joy I found was just um, so joy had stuff I, I cared about was interested in but I knew she was going to die as soon as she went on that stick mm-hmm. and then she's just killed for plot reason like she she jumps up and says don't in a way that like I don't know that she would have particularly noticed him otherwise she could have just stayed on the stick we, um, we already knew love was a murder bitch now, now and she just proves it again yeah, and now he's even more motivated because just, and then he, I'd like the moment where he then has to walk past this, you know, now reset joy that's basically a sex toy trying to tempt him. Mm. Um, even though it wouldn't, uh, uh, I don't know. A replicant's allowed to have money? I don't know. Like, would she even bother with a replicant? She'd be like, no, replicant, fuck that one. We'll go to someone else. Anyway, (laughs) I don't know. But I I just, I was interested in Kay and his story, and that is just kind of polished off. And the the final demumon, as if, is is as if this whole story has been about Deckard and his daughter. Uh, and I, it wasn't to me. It was about Kay, and so I don't care mm. what happens. Honestly, I'm a huge fan of Blade Runner. It's one of my favourite films ever. I really don't give a shit about Rick Deckard, and I, I don't need him to turn up <laughs> in this film. That's my objection to it. Yeah, uh, I think you have a much deeper, more philosophical objection to it, which I think is um. Well, I mean, uh, I, I will largely agree valid. with that. Uh, I, I, that wasn't what was striking me at the time, but yeah. And I, I was thinking things like, that, that's a fatal incised wound. How, how long is he supposed to be, you know, walking around not dripping, pretending that nothing is the matter before he finally gets to die on the steps? Yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> um, oh, it's replicant physiology, man. <laughs> um, I find it a hard one to summarise because I think, oh, many of my flaws with it are my flaws with the original Blade Runner, and I still think Blade Runner is absolutely fantastic. I do think it is less original in its visual flair. Not because it doesn't come up with some fantastic, stunning well, visual Well, th- this images. one has Roger Deakins as, as DP, so, you know. Uh, okay. Uh, I mean, it, it's stunning, but it's all in the theme of the original Blade Runner, so it's hard to say it's completely original, because they are still standing on the shoulders of giants to get there. My, my feeling is still, you know, 60% remake, 40% called it a sequel. Yeah, okay, fair enough. It's it's too long and it's everyone's too miserable. The only character here with any joy is uh is love. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and that's um, only when she's murdering people, which you know, it's a living. I I think what this film shows me a bit is um how much Rocker Hell elevated the original, mm. possibly. Uh I do, I like this, I think it's good, and I do, it's not a cheap cash-in sequel, you know, I'm certainly not cheap, and it, uh, you know, they put a lot of effort into making it look the part, and sound the part, and even feel the part, it feels cold in that way that um, Kubrick makes me feel, mm. <laughs> but where, where Blade Runner sings is that final scene with Roy Batty, and Kubrick never managed to do anything like that with me. Um, yeah, and, and uh, insofar as love is the Batty. She doesn't do that. Yeah, she doesn't do that. And as far as Kay is... Well, Kay is kind of the... Ba- you know, his death scene has the same music as mm. Roy Batty's death scene. And that just takes me out of it because I'm just like, well, okay, but this is just him dying on the steps. and There's nothing profound. Uh, as close as Blade Runner gets to profound is Roy Batty's final mm. speech. Uh, and there's nothing as profound as that here. Mm, I feel like I've got much more down. <laughs> I, I think it is a worthy sequel in the sense 
uh, a worthy sequel that didn't need to exist. You know, there's no need for an Indiana Jones sequel to justify itself because they're pulp mm. adventures. And here's another pulp adventure. I mean, some of them still fail to justify themselves, to be fair. But there's no need to say, why do we need another Indiana Jones film? Mm. Um, in the way that there is a need to say, well, do we need another Blade Runner? Well, yeah. I mean, Deckard goes through the trans, it's the character, uh, iconic versus dramatic character. Yeah. Deckard goes through the arc from, I just do my job and kill people to, I can't do that job anymore. Yeah. And that's his arc. It's done. Yeah. But then he's got to come in and insert himself in someone else's story. So, Basically playing a different character. This got some in- interesting responses. Um, so okay. the release, uh, see, it came out in October of 2017. Okay. So, you know, prime for Oscar season. Uh, it got rave reviews. It was a lot of people's best of the year lists. And it lost something like $80 million. Oh, really? Because the audiences didn't go to it. Okay. Uh, there are various reasons for that. Um, I mean, we've, we've talked, I think, before about, you know, movie score and things like that, where the presence of particular names and particular plot elements is, is taken in, in terms of a model of how, how a film will perform. One problem is at, at, uh, two hours, 43 minutes, it limits the number of showings you can have in a day. Yeah. Um, I mean, it did come in first on its opening weekend. But then it dropped off really quickly. I'd also, I'd Blade Runner is probably still quite a, a niche film. It still takes a bit to love it. And when you do, it's like one of those difficult albums, you know, that you get to love and then you really flipping love it. But a lot of people will just bounce off it. And I still think the original Blade Runner is a bit like that. So I don't know how much of an inbuilt fan base there was for it. Also, I mean, it's been, what, 35 years since 1982 at this point. Yeah. Um, and a lo- at least the marketing I saw was very much, you loved Blade Runner, so you're going to love this. Boy, yeah. You know, Blade Runner is part of your youth or whatever, so you're going to love this. And, and very little to draw in somebody who wasn't necessarily loving the original. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I mean, they're all the people who had, the, you know, they're the middle class dollars, so they're the ones you want. But turns out there are fewer, fewer than they thought. And it's third weekend, it came in below Geostorm, and I've, I've seen Geostorm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would find this very hard film to justify to someone who didn't like the original Blade Runner. If someone said, would I like it? Well, no, probably not. <laughs> mm. I'm glad I watched it. I'm, gl- I'm sort of glad it exists, but it doesn't really need to. Yeah. Oh, the other thing was uh, female critics tended not to like it because, well, we've we've been talking about we we, we have a, a not some, not terribly interesting roles for women here. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair enough. And and much as uh, as as you say, Robin Wright elevates any performance uh, and is an interesting character. She's surrounded by uh, hookers, sex bots, <laughs> and murders, murderer, uh, mm-hmm. murder, murder Buffy. Shall we say? <laughs> All right. Well. I probably don't need to ask this. Do you think this is a masterpiece? No. <laughs> no, right. Fair no, enough. I mean, I think it would have to be at least as good as the original. Or yeah, I would just okay. watch the original again. And it isn't. So. Yeah, fair enough. I, I do think the original is a masterpiece, a flawed masterpiece. Um, but uh, I... 
I agree. This one isn't. It's absolutely gorgeous, and it's worth watching in like IMAX or something. If, <laughs> but even then, I don't know. After a while, there's only so so good a pretty thing can be <laughs> before you want some substance to it. The, the way I summed it up in my head was: um, remember the snake guy? Street food. In the original. Uh, uh, right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now we have prepackaged fast food from an automat. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. All right, fair enough. Um, yeah. Again, for me, style over substance. Um, but I, I'm very stylish, but too long. And um, mm. it's already been done. All right. Never mind, Vilna. I'm sure I'll like June when I get around to watching that. So. <laughs> all, all I have to say is, many is the night I dream of cheese. <laughs> Oh my god, that did not work as profoundly as they thought it did. <laughs>